Hello everybody, welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon and as ever, I wish you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. Um, I'm in my new podcast home with my portable podcast studio, having relocated from my home premises due to essential maintenance work being conducted at the moment. And I'm delighted to say that having endured uh, two weeks of backwards and forwards emails, myself and founder of Undercurrent, Damien Clark, are now on the line with each other. Hello, Damien. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Yes, but great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. And as, as I've said, you know, we've, we're we're one one in terms of podcast cancellations due to due to various you know crises at home, which everybody is experiencing at the moment. Um, trying to continue to work from home, but you know there is light at the end of the tunnel. Everybody, you know, we, we have a, a route out of this, and um, we are certainly in a period uh, of optimism at the moment. I hope for everybody. So I hope everybody's keeping safe and well out there who tunes into the podcast and uh, and that you're all looking forward, hopefully, to a summer that feels a little bit more normal and a chance to see everybody. Um, and on today's podcast, Damien's joined us today to talk a little bit about Undercurrent, what they do as a business, um, who they are in relation to some other businesses as well and, and a group of companies um, and really what the last you know, 9, 10, 11 months knocking on a year has felt like and what it means for them as a business, what it means for them um, as an operation, what it means, I suppose, more importantly, Damien, for your clients. So it's great to have you on the show today. To tell us a little bit about Undercurrent, first of all, and, and um, what it does as a business. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. So, um, well, uh, Undercurrent uh, is a, a brand experience agency. Um, we like to actually call it a, an advertising agency. Uh, you know, we communicate uh, brand stories uh, and one of the channels that we have used for many years is, is the live channel. Um, and it's been phenomenally successful for us. Uh, I actually founded it 20 years ago this year. So 13th of October uh, 2001 um, was the, the time that we, we founded it. Um, back then, of course, it was sort of known as event marketing. Uh, sponsorship and hanging logos on things was the way forward. <laughs> uh, and of course, things have hugely evolved over the years. Um, prior to that, I was in a number of different uh, experiential sort of brand experience agencies, uh, even with a stunt agency, which was really fun called Cunning Stunts. And that was a really exciting time. Um, and then, as I said, 13th of October uh, 20, 2001, we founded Undercurrent. And, and through that last 20 years, uh, we have been working in a lot of different sectors, mainly in technology and retail. Mm -hmm. um, and really getting into the minds of customers um, through our live channels and through live experiential. About four years ago, we also created something called the Current Collective. Um, we have three other agencies within the group. Uh, there's something called House of Experience, which is going back to my old days. It's a really lovely content-led stunt agency. Uh, we produce a lot of uh, content for social media, etc. Uh, we have a fantastic staffing agency called Love the People because, of course, you have to staff everything that you do. And mm -hmm. I got so fed up of spending loads of time creating these incredible experiences on behalf of our, our, our clients. Uh, and then it falling over at the very last when the CEO or somebody asks a staff member what's going on and they have no idea. So we now have our very lovely uh, boutique agency called Love the People. Uh, and we also have a video content agency uh, which produces content called Drop as well. So they all sort of... Uh, operate within a really lovely um, company called The Current Collective, uh, and they all complement each other. So it's a really nice group of businesses at the moment. Mm. 
Uh, and obviously, yeah. whilst we've got you on the podcast today, we want to talk yeah. about what the landscape has been like for you and your clients, you know, in the last year or so, um, mm. as we are asking all of our podcast guests at the moment, because ultimately it, it is the topic of conversation and, and, and yeah. an issue that everybody's facing. But if we can sort of rewind a little bit, something that I'm curious to, to ask today is uh, when you look at the subject of experiential, you know, brand mm. engagement, call it what you will, has the event the type of event and how it's delivered changed significantly from 2001 or is it quite simply the new terminology that we seem to constantly create is over the 20 years it's a very interesting conversation I, th I think i think we have developed i think it's matured hugely in the last 20 years uh, the way that we are able to communicate brand messaging um to customers um I, I, obviously the social media wasn't really even a thing back then right you know it, mm. it's the way that you're able to bring in different strands into your campaigns has been fascinating and and it's been a privilege to be at the forefront of that over the years um and i think you know as i said back then it was literally hang a logo on on on, <laughs> on, a, on a on something you know on a piece of um intellectual property and you'd be able to hang a logo on it and that would be it done but it's so much more integrated now you know we are able to really integrate into wider atl campaigns um you know be that digital uh be that media be that social media atl etc so it, it works really nicely now when we bring all the strands together uh, yeah. and i really i think the, the biggest topic that i say all the time to both clients and internally is that a brand really must do what they say they can't just stand there anymore and say what they do they have to do it they have to show their customers as to what they're physically doing i think it's such an important piece of work for a brand nowadays because you know it, there's huge amounts of brands everywhere in all all sorts of sectors and mm. and it's so important that you have, have standout and you'll see that the ones that are really successful are the ones that are getting in front of their customers and are able to tell the story um, which is fascinating and it's been a huge evolution over the 20 years particularly with these type of, of experiential brand engagement events again you know the, the terminology is, mm. is quite fluid you know some it's agencies will refer to them in some way and other agencies in, in another way but i always i always for some reason think back to that famous interview that that david bowie did with the bbc in the late 90s where he talks about the internet, the internet. and paxman just can't get his head around what is it what, yeah. he, he thinks it's yeah. just going to be a tool for sending emails and bowie has this foresight to say no it's going to change how we do things it will shape the way people communicate and interact with each other and i always reference that and that always pops into my mind when i think particularly of brand engagement um, yep. and experiential events um and i'm curious to see what what your own you know thought is on 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 that you know and how things have shifted for you know because 2001 might not seem that long ago mm -hmm. yeah. but when we look at how technology has evolved in that in that you know two decades it's, mobile internet the ability to you know it, it's massive isn't it how yeah. it's changed i mean i think it's access to data isn't it we talk about this all day every day you know it's mm. you know as i say 20 years ago it was very difficult we were just about using mobile phones right but it was on a 2g signal and it was gsm so you know what you know text messages that was it so the way that we're able to interact with a brand nowadays and and our buying decision is the absolute key has evolved Im immensely and i think that's the reason why experiential as you say brand experience call it what we will has evolved so much alongside that because you have to get cut through you know people have access to everything all of the time essentially um, and so how do you get cut through for a brand? Uh, and of course, the way forward is to get that experience 
uh, into their into their minds, the customer's minds, and get it to you know when they're making that buying decision as they go through the supermarket or wherever it is they're doing, or they're buying a mobile phone or whatever it happens to be. How do you stand out? Uh, and and the tools that we're able to now use are just brilliant. It's just it's fantastic that we're able to evolve. Of course, advertising is going to evolve alongside that access to information. Yeah. And here we are now. And I think you know there's a lot of people who are very skeptical of digital and skeptical of social because of there's so many bots out there nowadays. And you know it's not sure. genuine. There isn't a genuine conversation happening. Whereas if you're doing it in a live experiential space, then you could, there's nowhere to hide. You know a brand cannot hide. Um, and I think that's fascinating um, and really allows them to cut through. Uh, it's maybe a bit of a, a difficult question, but um, are you able to, to maybe give us um, uh, or paint a picture of how uh, one of your client engagement events manifests itself in terms of what yeah. the audience would see? You know, what's the sort of spectrum in terms of size, scale and, and, and what you yeah. work on for your clients? No problem. Yeah, I mean, one of our raison d'etre has been we're probably about 60-40 B2B, B2C. Right. So um, the B2B messaging has been has been phenomenally successful for us, because obviously, if you are talking to the guys that are in store or online selling product, they know their stuff. Right. So you have to get that messaging really tight and really clever. So particularly when we talk about the technology sector, for many years, we've worked with the likes of Samsung, we've done Apple, Nokia, uh, we're now with Google. We work with Google. So that messaging has to be so strong and so clear. Um, you know, as I said, there is nowhere to hide. So the sort of scale of events there, we're talking about roadshows of maybe four and a half thousand people over a period of two and a half weeks, but they're so poor. The audience that we're talking to are so well targeted because we know exactly what they want when they want it. Uh, but then through to the B2C work that we do. So for example, at the moment, we work a lot with TK Maxx, uh, which I'm sure you know, TJX. Yeah. Um, they have HomeSense and TK Maxx shops. Um, and that is about being in store. So, uh, you know, big store openings, let's say, um, and we'll have you know, 2000 people in the queue outside because they're phenomenal stores and incredible experiences. And so we'll, we'll, we'll change the way that that, that that project is worked because obviously it's a bit more scattergun clearly because they don't need to know about very specific pieces of product, but they do want to understand the experience of being in the store and what it means to shop in TK Maxx or HomeSense. And so we'll bring together aspects creatively and then strategically uh, and deploy that. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of how we've worked. I mean, over the years, we've also done lots of works at festivals. Um, clearly, a lot of people have over the years um, with booze, booze brands, et cetera. Um, but our sort of our roster at the moment is, is where we're really focusing B2B and B2C. And I think we I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to come on to it. But we have a really interesting way of looking at it. We always take an experience first approach. I think the channel can be agnostic. I think it's always about creating a fantastic customer experience uh, and then really working through how we bring that to life through different sets of channels. Can it be live? Can it be digital? You know, do we need to bring in social media aspects? You know, what does that look like? Um, and so we always go with the, with, the, with the idea first, the creative experience. What is the experience that we want to get across to, to our clients, customers? Um, and it's a fascinating way of looking at it. And, and, and of course, in the last year you know i'll stop saying months now because we really are coming up to, to, to a year you know, yeah. in the last year the difficulty for everybody has been to try and maintain a continuum of that experience but through a, effectively a digital medium because we haven't yeah. had any other choice you know there has yeah. been no way of of conveying that emotion in situ mm -hmm. with, yeah. with with audiences um mm -hmm. how how you know brand to brand i'm sure 
it will have differed massively because depending on the nature of the brand, you may be in a better position to go down the digital avenue. Um, how difficult has it, has it been to sort of look at the different clients on a case by case basis yeah. and, and analyze how you deliver them uh, digital experiences? Yeah, it is. It has been fascinating. I mean, I think, you know, this time last year we were on for a bumper year. Um, you know, we had huge plans in place and, uh, you know, probably 85, 90 percent of that was live as a mm. lot of, of, of the agencies in our, in our field were. Uh, but we've been very lucky. We, over the years, we've always, always I've, I've been very passionate about making sure whatever leaves the business has a digital aspect to it. So be that a website, uh, um, you know, micro micro URL or a, a social aspect and so when this happened you know people knew that that's what we were doing and we were able to the, the immortal word we were able to pivot very quickly <laughs> uh, um, to bringing those campaigns together online now because of our our background in technology particularly we were able to use a lot of gaming engines so creating unity games etc so everything that we have done in the last 11 months um, has really moved online and, and become hugely interactive because of our ability to be able to take the experience. The experience hasn't changed of what we pitched in at the beginning of last year. It's just moved online and we've been able to really make sure that, that it's hugely interactive pieces of work have gone through. And we've done that with Google TJX, uh, HP as well, we work with as, uh, at the moment. And it's worked really nicely, actually. And it's, um, it's you know, clearly it's been tough. Um, we're very lucky in that we haven't let people go. You know, we haven't been able to to do that um so we've been we've, we're very lucky about that but it you know it's it's been a, a difficult time for the whole industry of course and everybody is very excited uh, i'm sure you guys are as well about getting things opened up mm. I, I, absolutely and um you know I, I i refer to the old adage of necess necessity being the mother of invention that um when you were presented with this this new world and this new landscape in in spring last year mm where you were working with clients that naturally lend themselves to a more hands-on tactile interactive yeah. you know face-to-face -face, um interaction did it prompt some sort of you know a, a real change of, of of thinking did it actually present ideas that wouldn't have perhaps been presented to you or, or come up with had you not been faced with this particular scenario absolutely and we weirdly you know we always say you know, make a mess up a feature mm was using the word mess up but you know i think it what it allowed us to do was really target who we were going after and how we were doing it and i think because of course if you're doing a static gun approach you know people will wander up to an installation or wander up to an experience and they're not really the, the target audience let's be clear but actually when you're working towards a more hybrid approach so digital and, and physical in a hybrid approach campaign you can be much more targeted on what what you're mailing out, let's say, what you're sending people. Let's say there's a nice piece of work to be able to send these mm. things, you know, product to people. And then, of course, when you're tracking it on the hybrid and the digital side of stuff, you can be really much more targeted in your messaging and, and, and personalized as well. I think, you know, we've talked about really personalizing our campaigns over the last 12 months because you can be so much more targeted. It's a really fascinating way of looking at it. And I think we've learned a lot. You know, we, we've ever evolving our side of the industry, ever evolving. Um, and I think it's been fascinating with hybrid, the hybrid side of events as to how we can really target people. And of course, clients are, are fascinated as well because of the way we can offer ROI. You know, the digital side of stuff has always been used within our business to track ROI. You know, there's been a huge, it's hugely important way because over the years, it's been seen as a bit of a dark art. 
kilo, oh, well, they're just running a party. The reality is, is this stuff cuts through massively. Uh, and once you can use the digital side of, of campaigns to prove ROI, that's fantastic from a client point of view and procurement businesses, you know, procurement side of businesses point of view. Once you build in the hybrid side of stuff, everything is in theory online and, and you can really focus in on the correct customer and offering the correct ROI for their investment. Mm. So it's been fascinating, actually. The, the, really the, 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 one of the difficulties I've always found with ROI uh, mm. and, and with it as a term is that the return bit of that is a movable feast you know that, that that's based on what what is your outcome what is your expected outcome from an event you know yeah. it, it, if if you're working yeah it, it if it's something really really tangible i sale you know yeah. if if you're looking at selling a product as a result of an area of engagement then your return of investment is very easy to track because you can yeah. see we've sold that many units as a result of having this you know this activity um how difficult is 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 monitoring roi depending on what your actual client's idea yeah, of return actually, is I, what, what the r number is to, to what, what is the r number to use a phrase it's exactly right um i think it's it's interesting i think the most important bit is to ensure right from the off everyone is very clear about what the end game is um and i think we work very closely with a number of long-term clients you know, we still work with our founding client uh, Victor Carphone um, on a daily basis at 20 years we've been working with those guys and to have a relationship and to understand exactly what it is a client's trying to get out of it is really really important mm. um, I think sales uh, direct sales you know if someone experiences a brand and then says right I'm going to go in and get a particular product it's hard to track um, there are ways clearly there are lots of excellent tricks and, uh, and ways of, of, of mobile phone tracking etc which you know can and can't, can't be a good thing um, but the most important bit is to make, ensure that the client is very comfortable with what it is that we're trying to achieve um, sure. and we manage them through that with both strategy and creative um, and go from there, you know. And I guess with so many levels of interaction that are available now, you know, the, the, the R number, I think we've coined a phrase there, um, the, the, the R number in, in ROI um, could be multiple different things. It, it could be social media engagement yeah. and new followers to a particular page or a platform um shares and likes for a particular post you know it could be the physical amount of people who've interacted yeah. at a, 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 you know yeah. a, 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 an experiential yeah. event you know that could be in you know a westfield or it could be in yeah. a, a high street somewhere um yeah. you know i guess that actually the r number when we're talking about roi is it could be a list of several several oh, different yeah. 100%. things 100 it we have multiple ways of tracking things i think mm. and and that's why i'm coming back to which is why i said originally about the hybrid event side of stuff yeah. because you know, when when actually the, 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 the pinnacle of our campaign is online, is digital, you know, actually that gives us the ability to track things very, very mm. clearly. Whereas, you know, we always talk about OTS, which is opportunity to see when we're doing installations, um, you know, and, and uh, outdoor media companies talk about OTS all day, every day when they've got big, you know, 36 sheet posters up, etc. So, you know, once you've got all those those bits and pieces built into, as you say, a nice long list, it really builds up an excellent picture of the customer mm. and how it is that they're interacting with the brand. It's, it's a very interesting equation. And it is something that is hugely important to our side of the business. You know, we are an ad agency. We are an advertising agency. Um, it just means that our main channel is, is live. And I think that's really fascinating because, yeah. You know, that I was going to say that 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 to me is the biggest shift in twenty in the you know the twenty years that you guys yeah. have been around is that you had ad agencies you had 
marketing agencies you had pr agencies you had yeah. live events agencies you know uh, yeah, ad booking media buying yeah. you know an ad agency now does all of those things yeah. because because brands expect that they expect to give live experiences to their customers and exactly. and one of, one of the biggest things that that i potentially see looking at uh, over the last 10 12 months is that brands brands are now presented with a decision to make certainly in the coming months and that is do they go back to how they did things before or actually have they stumbled inadvertently due to the position they were placed in into a better way of doing things and and I, i'm curious to know whether or not you're already having those conversations with some of your clients as to how the landscape is going to change for them you know come july august time yeah. oh 100 percent, we are uh, we have a lot of work uh, with a number of clients that i'm not particularly allowed to to mention uh from july onwards but so the, the original stuff that we won over the last 12 months was mm -hmm. pure pay live. Yeah. The whole thing has evolved and it's really interesting to see what that's going to look like because yes, they want to be back in the live environment. You know, they, they find it really powerful as do we hugely, hugely passionate about that. But the way that the, the campaigns have evolved in the last 12 months have brought in a really nice digital hybrid tracking piece of work around it mm -hmm. and it's evolved so the, the creative treatments have evolved massively um, and that's fascinating and, and particularly around i've said already that we work with google particularly around the google stuff we're looking at for august september um you know it's it the whole piece of work has really evolved really nicely because there are costs associated with tours etc of course um and it's been fascinating as to what that's going to look like you know the, the, the length of campaign will be the same but we'll look very much at a different sort of model about, again, talking about the channel and then the channel mix, you know, yeah. we used to be right, let's go, you know, 85, 90% of our work is live. Here we go. But we'd have 10% on digital. It's very much moving to 50-50. Let's really ask, you know, push that forward. Well, and when, when you're working with a, a brand like Google, they are, a, 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 by their very nature, a hybrid organization. You know, yeah. they, they have the, 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 the tech side of things you know uh, that you access via a device but then they are, are also a hardware supplier now you know with, with 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 all of their devices so by their very nature google i guess lends itself to something like a hybrid event because of that combination of being able to use their platforms to deliver it first of all yep. i guess you know you use google meet to deliver a, a hybrid of, uh, you know at the online element of it and then the live experience of actually be, you know those i use that word tactile again of being oh, able yeah. to interact with their the, yeah. with their actual hardware yeah yeah, I mean, it's hugely important. Putting the product in people's hands is hugely important and always has been. But as I said, around the Google stuff, you know, if we can be really targeted around our, you know, our hybrid events and still put the product in people's hands, it's a really powerful tool. Mm. You know, it, um, it's going to be fascinating as to where we land and you know, where will we be in 12 months time? It'll be fascinating to see with our, our piece of the industry what that looks like. I think, as I said to you, july august september is looking really strong you know people are really they've got very brave clients out there you know we're working with a couple of clients at the moment and it's all about content we're producing live you know content so we're able to film obviously at the moment um and they're very brave you know people are really pushing up i think you know it's been a hard 11 12 months but the human psyche is coming out of that now and they want to push on people want to push on um, mm. and they want to get product and, and, and messaging in, into customers hands and let's add hopefully as it's all spring in july when we are june july when we are opened up um you know it feels like it's going to be a really strong year 
you know, I'm excited. Yeah, and I think key to that will be the audiences because ultimately we're all about the audiences, regardless of what the the, the live experience is, you know, a a, a concert, a trade show, a a festival, you know, an experiential event, you know, shopping. You know, to, to 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 many people, you know, just, just being basics, able to go to the yeah. shops on a Saturday and go yeah. shopping, you know, it, that 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 is an event for them. They go out and they'll have lunch, and you know, that sort of thing needs to be looked at. I think as an as an event experience and a big opportunity for for for, 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 for customers. Yeah. And um, I'm interested to find out whether or not, because I feel that there is this this huge desire amongst the public and amongst audiences to get back out there every day at the moment. We're seeing a new announcement of a festival, for example. Yeah, Melbourne. Saying, yeah, we're Melbourne, going Melbourne. ahead. You know, Isle of Wight have said, right, we were going to run in June. We're going to bump back to September and we're going to squeeze it in. You know, there are yeah, all these festivals elite. that are going to, going to want to operate. And that in itself presents opportunities potentially for brands, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think even if a brand can't get access to those moments because it's it, you know, it's tightly controlled quite rightly um mm. a guy called melvin ben i'm sure you know festival republic um yeah. was on the radio recently the last couple of weeks but i think just that story there that allows us to say we're going to have some festivals this summer you know it's such a huge part of our industry isn't it just pushes on everybody else to go actually i oh, write the shopping centers are going to be open we are going to have installations throughout london you know there's going to be fantastic spaces in leeds uh, you know where you where you guys yeah, are you know that we can yeah. actually go and do live live work in and i think that's going to be fascinating and when melvin came on and said that that stuff you know social media went mad didn't it you know people were left right and center red reading and leeds is on you know latitude is coming on which is uh, melvin's baby so i think it's it's going to be really exciting that that stuff comes through um, and it will very much trickle down to the rest of our, our industry you know yeah. what are we doing in the live space and i said maybe it sounds sort of a bit tenuous but i don't think it is i think there's a huge opportunity for, for town centers for local 100%. authorities you know to people you know shops have been closed town centers have been closed no bars and everything they will open back up people will be able to go into these and i think from an event point of view yep. and certainly from a marketing as a marketing opportunity for brands yep. suddenly yep. these spaces that people let's face it have taken for granted yep. you know um and they're, they're now going to go back into them and where there yep. are people that presents opportunity absolutely and i think it goes wider i think we we need to talk about the retail industry you know it's been uh, closed for 11 months essentially and so how does Oxford Street, how does the main high street in Leeds, how do they bring it back to life? Because, you know, retailers have, have quite frankly, been on their ass. How do they move things they forward? And it's a yeah. huge opportunity for me just to look at the wider retail spaces. You know, there's been huge amounts of help throughout the industry with rates, et cetera, et cetera, and the furlough scheme, which I'm sure they're all using. It's now about how can we bring that back to life? How can we come back? Not Maybe not with a bang, but certainly start to breathe life yeah. into these into these high streets because they're absolutely the core of, of a lot of these different towns and, and we need to bring it back to life. And it's, it's exciting opportunities and brands should be, you know, not taking advantage, but they should absolutely have an eye on that. Well, it's not just about brands taking them. advantage. I think yeah. that it, it's about, you know, retail. Yeah. Um, that I, I think we should be aware of how closely associated retail could be to the events industry it's not at the moment but i think 
when people start opening up you think about how the public will behave suddenly they can go to restaurants and bars again and events and meet people yep. which they haven't been able to do what will they want to do they'll want to buy new clothes how do they get those clothes they'll want to go shopping suddenly you've got an opportunity as a retailer maybe to create an event whether that be in your store or just outside of your store you know to, to yep. actually do something that's not just about shopping but it's creating an experience 100%. a bit of live music a dj whatever it may be yeah, I mean, it's been our sweet spot for many years, actually, working in the retail industry um, and how you can bring that shopping experience to life. You know, I think there's been a huge amount of press over and over the last five to 10 years about how do you take, how do you make the physical experience of shopping in a retail environment, you know, better? Because otherwise you just go on to the lovely Amazon and you click and collect and that's it, it's done. Mm. But actually people crave interaction. People crave the ability to, you know, hence the reason why festivals are so popular all over the globe and certainly in the UK, you know, and, and they need that interaction and breathing life into that retail space is definitely our sweet spot. We've been doing it for many, many years. Um, and as you say, it needs to get closer and closer. The retail experience sector is hugely important. You know, you need to have an experience when you go shopping. It's not just about going in and get out, essentially, as, as we might do. But it, it's important that there is actually... You know, and there's been huge amounts of work done in it. Primark, for, for example, have created experience-led stores. You know, Next have done it. You know, they've brought in different aspects uh, into their retail experiences so that, you know, it's, it becomes an environment that you actually want to be in. Um, and I think that's fascinating. And it's going to be hugely important for the retail sector as it grows out of this. Uh, and, 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 and sadly, I heard a few people, when, when Arcadia fell, oh. um, you know, and they were talking about the closure of their flagship stores and they talked about the Oxford Street, Oxford Street yeah. top shop. Yeah. Um, and I had a few people read the news article. Oh, wow. They had a DJ station and everything in that store. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. You know, and, yeah, we have a very specific opinion of what happened with top shop, because what they did is they only focused on that experience in the one store. Mm. However, had they taken it to the rest of their estate, I think they actually think things would have been very different because mm. they focused everything on that. So you'd have Kate Moss in there launching a product. You'd have really nice, a slide would go in and it, it was lovely. It was really nicely done. They focused on one store. What about everything else? What's happening in Darlington? What's happening in Brighton? You know, it's really important that you take this ideology and buy into it and scale it because otherwise it just falls away. And there's, you know, there's no reason to go to all the other stores. Yes, top, top, top in, in Oxford Street is busy. What about the rest of the estate? Uh, and I, we have a really strong opinion on that because we, our offices used to be next door to the, the space and we'd go in and it was great. But what about everything else? You know, why am I, what, yeah. what's my reason to go to any of the other stores across the estate in the UK? I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to see a retailer rebrand themselves as a shopping venue. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I actually think it's done very well in a number of environments anyway. I think Selfridges do it really well. Um, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I, I, but I think this is where the opportunity lies, is that those sort of experiences have perhaps always been associated with high-end retail from an event point of view. Absolutely. You know, you go to um, Harvey Nichols to the cocktail bar, you know, the, the, the yeah. bar in Selfridges, the bar in Harrods, you know, the, the food court, whatever. You, you, It's always associated with these sort of higher-end department stores and things like that. But I think, you know, that there's a genuine opportunity for, yeah, for the yeah. events industry, for uh, experiential to really work harder and for retail particularly to work harder um, in generating those totally. experiences. And, and particularly in the retail environment, the, you know, the, the business model of a retailer is that they have a number of partners, right? So they have a number of brands that are in the store, yeah. uh, depending on who you're looking at. And, and they need to work together. The, these brand partnerships and the retailer itself need to come together and really push that forward. And it becomes a very interesting model. 
because you get to tell the stories, you get to, from a brand point of view, but you get to get bums on seats in, from a retailer point of view. So, you know, we've, we've worked in that environment for many years and it, it works really well. The problem is, is scalability. You have to make sure that you can you can really roll it out to the entire estate, which is unfortunately very sadly what happened with Arcadia, in mm. our opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's um it's going to be an interesting twelve months. I, I must say, it's going to be. I'd love to come back and have a chat with you in twelve months. Yeah, a, 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 absolutely. Well, one thing I must ask you from yeah. a, I suppose a, a supply chain point of view, um, mm. no doubt that when you are delivering a live experience for a client, there are many moving parts to that. Uh, there are perhaps several different suppliers, depending on the nature of the live experience, what you may need to build in terms of infrastructure, graphics, you know, audio, sound, you know, light, anything yeah. like that. Um, at the moment, are we in a weird, uh, for your own agency, are you in a strange situation where a lot of those suppliers may still be working with, you know, very few, you know, staff. Um, yeah. You're probably at a phase now where you're wanting to plan for things in the summer, but how difficult yeah. that is is that at the moment whilst we're still in lockdown yet trying to plan for being totally out of it it's a tricky one isn't it i think um luckily again same with our digital uh, implementation we have a lot of stuff in-house um that we we are able to to use certainly the talent is in-house from a design point of view from a, a production point of view how we're going to build it mm. uh but of course you know there were always lighting suppliers sound suppliers etc etc that we need to engage with and we've been very lucky personally uh in that we have you know, 10, 15 years experience with our with our partners, partner agencies. And so, of course, they're always on the end of the phone. Um, I think it slowed it down. You know, there's no there's no two ways about it, you know, because people are on furlough or people are, you know, not quite there as, as and when we want it. But we're able at the moment to, to pull through um, because of our experience and, and our talent that we've got in-house. Yeah. Um, so we're lucky personally. I think it's going to be so great for our industry when everybody can come back to it and really push on because the amount of talent and the extraordinary people within our, our piece of the, of the world, it's just phenomenal. And I'm so looking forward to getting that back open again. Yeah. You know, we want, we want to be really evolving that as much as we can. Yeah. And I, I should put a shout out, you know, to, to, to suppliers out there, you know, 100%. if you fall into that category, you know, first of all, you know, well done for sort of sticking with it. And, and if you listen to this and you're, you're still involved in the industry you know you've come a long way so stick with it you know stick but, with it, um, we, we want to um, we want to hear from any suppliers like that you know it's it, it must be a tricky time at the moment you've probably got an influx of orders and, and, and inquiries ever since this uh, yeah. roadmap was announced but yeah. you're probably trying to deal with those inquiries with a skeleton staff because yeah. it's chicken and egg situation until those events get delivered you won't get paid until you get paid you can't afford to bring back staff but you need the staff in order to to deliver all those events so what do you do um we know furlough's now been extended to september but open invitation if anybody's listening today and they they are or they know of you know an event supplier you know boots on the ground level we'd love to hear from them and get get, get some people yeah. on the podcast to, just to, to echo what it. you said stick with it stick yeah. with it james these guys have got to keep going you know our, our skill set within this country is just world beating i know it because i've done it a lot all over the world yeah. And, and we have to make sure these guys are back in their back in their seats as soon as possible. And of course, with all the creativity that an agency like Undercurrent comes up with, yeah. it can only actually come Wouldn't to work. life with the, the help and support of those suppliers to actually deliver the vision that, that you oh, guys 100%. create. Yeah, hundred percent. Particularly working in technology, you have to go very very quickly and come up with quite crazy ideas. We need guys to be able to implement that, and, and it's so important to us as a, as a business that we can have that backbone of suppliers. So, yeah. 
absolutely um we've been talking on the podcast today to damien clark damien is the founder of undercurrent undercurrent.uk.net is their website but damien before we wrap up today's podcast um if people want to get in touch um how do they find you on the social channels you know what any other websites or details that you'd like to give out yeah my main channel is always linkedin Uh, have a look at damien clark um uh, through undercurrent but we also have the list of the other businesses in there Uh, the current collective uh, is the group of companies um, but also always at damien at undercurrent.uk.net please do drop me a line i always come back to it excellent no it's been uh, been been great to have you on the on the podcast today to get a little bit of an insight into that um into that whole world of of, of agency delivery working with those brands changing those experiences and how they interact and obviously that landscape you know you've been in business 20 years and I dare I say it, the landscape has probably changed more dr- dramatically, more fluidly in the last 12 months than any of the previous 19. 100%. I mean, it's been uh, eye-watering um, and I'm just really looking forward to coming out the other side. But, it, you know, it's been fascinating at the same time. You know, it's been a really interesting evolution of, of how things have, have progressed within our industry. Uh, and as I said, it's going to be fascinating in the next 12 months as to where we all are. I, bring on the summer as well. Let's get that now. Bring it on, everybody. If uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, at Event News Blog is us on Twitter and all the various social media platforms. Also head over to eventindustrynews.com. You've got all the latest features, supplements, news about the industry and all the different vertical sectors within the industry. You can watch video versions of all of our previous podcasts and there'll be ways and means for you to get in touch with us. If you've got an idea for the podcast, anything you want to, get in touch with event industry news about if you've got a story within the industry something you would like to share we would urge you to get in touch and of course if you're on the website and you're watching this on video today head over to your favorite podcast download platform audio versions of all our previous 220 episodes of the podcast um i forget the exact figure are available to download and listen to via all the usual podcast platforms so head over and do that and um as we said today the message and the uh, behind today's podcast is stick with it stick with it and we've also found a new way of interpreting the r number we have our own number we have our own r number now (laughs) in roi damien clark from undercurrent it's been a pleasure talking to you today thanks for joining the podcast thanks james good fun Yeah, my name's James Dixon. We'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Cheers.